everyone, and welcome once again to Starship Podcast Warlock. My name is Drew. My name is Jeff. And we are watching Abfab, or Absolutely Fabulous, to give it the name that's on its birth certificate. Uh, we are on the 11th episode of season... 11th episode. Start again. The 5th episode of the second season. <laughs> Which is episode 11. Or the 11th episode. Right. The 11th episode of the 4th series of Starship Podcast Warlock. Um, because who knows? Why did I decide to do it that way? We'll never know. Um, if you are annoyed by the rambling at the beginning of the episode where we talk about things, uh, if it is, uh, not on a very specific abfab topic, now would be a good time to skip because we are just going to talk about what's going on in our lives right now. Uh, yeah. Uh, Jeff, how was your Thanksgiving? Um... I'm reminded of, uh, there was, my freshman year roommate came up with a, uh, if you remember Deep Thoughts by Jack Handy and Saturday Night Live, um, uh, he came up with something that I think we ended up, I don't know if we ever used it in the Campus Humor magazine at all, um, that would be the norm, n- not ordinary reading material, University of Rochester, which sadly does not exist anymore. The, the <laughs> you cite it every the university. time. <laughs> the university, still. I, I can't, re- I, really, I have brought that up before, I have selective amnesia, clearly. At any rate, um... So, uh, so my freshman roommate came up with um, the following line. Um, I had a horrible Thanksgiving. I had to stab grandma with a fork because we ran out of cranberry sauce. And I don't even like cranberry sauce. Okay, wait a minute. Let me unpack this. Uh, I'm sorry. I actually said it wrong. Oh, my God. I just blew the entire joke. <laughs> okay, that, I, I thought I was going crazy. No, Do you want to try again? I have to... St- uh, yeah, you can edit this out, can't you? Uh, probably not. Go ahead and tell it again. Okay, I don't care. All right, uh, just pretend you didn't hear the last minute. Pretend you have selective amnesia. It works for me, apparently. Um, I had a horrible Thanksgiving. I had to stab Grandma with a fork because she was hogging all the cranberry sauce. And I don't even like cranberry sauce. Oh, okay. So this makes a lot more sense right now. It does, Because yes, the first you. way um, you told it, I thought the idea was to replace the cranberry sauce with the blood of Grandma. No, um... Just... It, Awfully macabre. Well, that was shocking. Like, I mean, I cannot believe I just blew that joke. Uh, and and I do not blow jokes. I, I just I, I I may tell really horrible ones, but once a joke is there, I, I I'm I'm mortified. That was I, uh, golden. It is now. You really can edit this out. <laughs> I don't know, because now I've parsed the joke. Um, and and see, folks, this is what happens if we don't have a topic. <laughs> Well, the best thing about this is uh, I'm just imagining what we would do with that in an improv show if um, if you were monologuing and and said that. You mean if I blew my line in an improv show? If you told the joke that way in an improv show, as mm. as the monolo- monologist from an Armando. Ah, yes, got it, got it. Yeah. Um, anyway, I mean, yeah. I, I, uh, I, so uh, you had to stab someone. Is that why you told that joke? Is that why you're reminded of that joke? No, I was just thinking about Thanksgiving. No, it was, uh, and I love that line, which is even <laughs> more horrible. But no, I actually had a decent Thanksgiving. I went over a um, a friend's place um, that that I've done theater with, and um, and with her and her husband and a couple of other friends. One of whom I knew, one of whom um, I hadn't seen in a while, and uh, and it was just you know a very nice dinner, a very nice evening, and then. Actually, I did kind of an extended thing because on uh, last night uh, there was a game night with uh, or game full day, I guess, with um, friends down uh, down south a ways, and so we um, 
there was a bunch of games going on. Although hmm. we mostly just talk, frankly, as people we haven't seen in, in a long time, and that was uh, invaluable. And, and earlier on that day, I'd um, helped somebody out after surgery with, uh, with just some tasks around the house or whatever. So it was kind of an extended... Um, I mean, just, you know, various various things and seeing people that I haven't seen for a long time. So, you know, um, uh, we're all vaccinated and boosted up. So, mm-hmm. you know, hopefully we're, we're good um, as we speak. You know, Omicron has just hit. So we'll see. But I think we're OK for now. It's anyway, how was your Thanksgiving? I don't know. It's it's great that they uh, use all the coolest Greek letters for these variants. I have to say Delta and Omicron are among my, well, my preferred letters. You know, um, as long as they don't have a Omega virus. Uh, yeah. Like the, 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 Omega, the Omega variant just sounds like a doomsday one. I just It does, yeah, yes. Um, but I'm, I'm fine with Delta and Omicron. Uh, I, I, I'm not really big on Mu and Rho. Uh, Lambda would be okay. We'll see what happens. Uh, obviously, none of it's okay. I just am trying to find the silver lining here. My Thanksgiving uh, was spent out of town. I went to visit my family. Uh, oh, that's right. And, yeah, and my sister and her husband were in town, which they're normally not. Um, before Thanksgiving Thanksgiving, um, my lovely girlfriend made a feast for us here, uh, which was delicious. And then mostly my sister, but also a little bit me, uh, made another Thanksgiving uh, for our Thanksgiving, before Thanksgiving. So I had two Thanksgivings before Thanksgiving Day. Fortunately, uh, I spent all of Thanksgiving Day flying and, and didn't have to eat any more Thanksgiving food, which I'd already mm-hmm. had enough of by that point. Um, but uh, oh, It's interesting. Yeah. You actually flew right on the day. Yeah, it just worked out that way um, mm-hmm. because of the way the dates overlapped and everything. But uh, my sister is a, a good cook, Um She's very much a foodie, which means that a lot of the stuff that she makes are uh, beyond my palate sometimes. Um, I don't appreciate them maybe as much as I would if I were more of a gourmet. But um, everything was good. Uh, We made pierogies, which made me intensely happy because I love pierogies and they're a pain in the ass to make. So I never do it. Um, Yeah, so we did that. Uh, Also found out there was a tiki bar. In the town where my parents live, uh, so I had a what they called a Chinese chili dog, which was uh, basically a, a hot dog with um, like a, a kind of tofu, um, kind of a relishy sort of pickled thing. I don't I don't even know how to describe it or remember all the ingredients, but it, there was just some stuff sprinkled over the hot dog too. Uh, give it a, a different kind of spicy flavor, and it was uh, quite good. I, I was trying to figure out you at the tiki bar. Like, I yeah. mean, uh, you're you're like hot dog, and I'm like, wait, is there going to be a hot dog in like some rum drink? I'm, no. not, I'm not connecting this. <laughs> I mean, right they now. had food too, but a lot of it no, was like it, these kind it. of gimmicky fusiony things. Like, uh, you know, there was a, a spam pineapple sandwich and, and mm-hmm. various other things like that. But uh, I had a what they described as not a painkiller. I'm not sure why. Uh, but it was pretty much of a painkiller. It was a placebo. Apparently. <laughs> I probably should have upped the dosage. I almost ordered two, uh, but I did mm. not. Give me a double placebo. <laughs> Give me a placebo. Make it a double. 
Um, yeah, so that was my Thanksgiving. On the plane, I watched uh, things that I had downloaded, which was a good thing because they kept having trouble with the video system. Um, I watched uh, some episodes of Lock and Key, which I'm really enjoying. Um, I went back and read the first volume of Lock and Key just to kind of remind myself what that was like. And although the comic is brilliant, absolutely brilliant, that it is in a lot of ways strikingly different from what they're putting on screen now and and so they both end up being mm. terrific it's kind of like how ghost world in its comic form and its movie mm -hmm. form are, are almost two different stories with some of the same characters and um so you kind of get two for the price of one it's the same with lock and key uh but i, I really love it I, I almost think the tv version is i don't know if it's better than the the comic version i don't think that's true but it is certainly more kind of endearing uh at least so far. Interesting. I mean, I actually borrowed the uh, and still have um, the first uh, the first anthology from uh, from somebody a while ago, and still have not gotten around to reading it. So, uh, well, maybe I'll have to do that or just watch the show. Obviously, I mean, you could. Uh, they are different enough that I think you'll have a slightly different experience. But if you read that comic, read, hang on through that first one, uh, okay? Because it, it's not bad. But the art style improves considerably as it goes mm. on, um, and the tone of it, the tone of it is very horror at first, and then it kind of shifts to horror fantasy by the the second book, and um, mm. so you you won't see the range of it, I think, until you get to the second book. But it is very good. Okay. Uh, um, yeah. So I, I did. I watched that, uh, like several episodes of that. I also watched the Long Halloween animated oh, yes. version of the Batman story uh, parts one and two which also was very different from the comic interesting that I do have I have read the comic multiple times I think the the bones of it are the same but the comic if you recall is very episodic mm -hmm. um, and this tries to focus the story I think into more of an ongoing narrative and it, it focuses a lot on Harvey Dent uh, which, you know, makes sense. Which it should for that story. Yeah. Right, right, for sure. Um, but yeah, it's it's good. I, I, have, I struggle with animated Batman because I feel like the tone of it is never quite right. Uh, mm. But for what I want anyway. But this came pretty close, I think, just tone-wise for sure. Okay, so, I'm curious. Anyway, it was good. I... Um... I actually saw my first movie in back in the theater Ooh. for the first time since COVID. I mean, I've seen a few streaming. I watched Dune that way. Mm -hmm. I watched uh, both Black Widow and, and now Shang-Chi that way. I need uh, to watch both but, of those. I um, uh, would recommend both of them. Um, you know, I've not seen Eternals yet, uh, although I think that's only in the theaters at this point. But um, I saw Ghostbusters. Oh, and, uh, I keep forgetting about that. Yeah, and um, I, I enjoyed it. I won't put in any spoilers, but I mean, I do think that there's... <laughs> do they bust the ghosts? Uh, you can tell me. It makes them feel good. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I will say that uh, the the way... I mean, there's bits where even though you're like, okay, I see how the story plays out. Like, this is something I feel like compared to... You, you can talk about Force Awakens as being a remix, and parts of this feel like a, a remix mm, uh, partially mm -hmm. in terms of how they focus uh, some particular story nuggets uh, but in this case it's something that I think actually works and in fact um, it reminds me of something that 
there's an, there are things that have happened in the real world that um, that inform this particular story, and and like I think that it maybe wouldn't have been as powerful in bits uh, hmm. if they hadn't done it that way. Like I mean, I mean, I think you, they ended up structuring the story that way as a result of it, and it, it makes uh, it makes sense. Um, uh, in some cases, a little too far, but for the uh, but for the most part, I in, I in enjoyed it. Even when at some points I'm like, okay, this is a cliff note version of stuff that's happened before that I could have dealt without. But but um, overall, I would still say it was positive, and and uh, and um, the the young actor uh, the one the one of which there is the most focus is kind of the um, the equivalent to Holtzman in this one. You know, if you remember the uh, uh, yes. Uh, the, the, I mean, in, in both in terms of, I think, just um, quirkiness, but also the interesting part of the character, the, the characters in terms of this is where uh, the narrative focuses on the most and wisely so, I think. it's. Um, I, I enjoyed it. I mean, it's still, you know, um, the original movie is still the best, mm -hmm. um, in, in my opinion, even bits of it that may be a little more uncomfortable nowadays. But, um, but overall, yeah, um, I, I enjoyed this worth seeing absolutely i'm glad i saw it in the theater of course i saw it on a monday night and there were like eight people in the theater but, <laughs> that's you know. how it's been for me um, the two movies i've seen in the theater yeah and, and then um in terms of other stuff that i've been watching oh wait um, i have another question actually, about ghostbusters oh yes Gers go ahead another question about ghostbusters um <laughs> yes uh you uh you you in the back with the uh the, the hair or, is yeah uh, so can you tell me uh, are they they're kids right in this one they're young boys or am i uh, it's it's uh, boys and girls. Oh, um, I see. There, there's, but there yeah, it's uh, not like two of each. Actually, it's not like they're twenty somethings. Correct. Right. They're 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 in school. Okay, yeah. and they're running around with proton packs and zapping ghosts and stuff. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, I I can sense your spoiler uh, boundary being pushed here. Uh, I just try yeah, to understand exactly. the premise. Like that's what I gathered from the uh, trailer. But uh, yeah. that's really I mean, all I've paid any attention to. I, I'm probably going to wait and stream yeah, that. that. The other question I have is, does someone utter the line, yes, it's true, this man has no dick? No. Okay, just checking. Go on. No, there, there are lines. No for the questions, uh, Your Honor. That there, are, there are callback lines, but no, that one does not get done. Um, uh, but uh, let's see, in terms of other things that I've seen recently, uh, we haven't even gotten to Doctor Who, of which I've only seen the first oh, yes. two episodes of the new season. But uh, I've been, I, I watched the first two episodes of um, the live action Cowboy Bebop, and in order to kind of get into it, I actually started rewatching for the first time in probably 15 years or so the original series. And I'm, I'm, uh, I've got I'm about six episodes from the end, but part of me is actually finding it a little bit of a slog. Like as much as I've, as much as I enjoy uh, enjoyed it and the style and all that, I'm I'm, you know, it, it isn't grabbing me enough. Or maybe it's just the you know I've seen I've seen that sort of thing. It's still a brilliant show for what it is, but I, I'm uh, having trouble getting myself to the finish line on it. Yeah, I watched um, I watched the first episode of the animated series for pretty much the same reason. And I was just like, you know, I can I can kind of see why people like this, but it just wasn't really doing much for me. It just felt like a lot of style and not a whole lot of yeah. substance. And I was like, well, if well, you if you're into the particular uh, reference that this thing throws into a blender, um, then you're golden. But I'm kind of lukewarm on most of them, so I'm just like, nah. But I, I do kind of want to watch that live action one. 
I've I've watched the first two, and and I mean, I know at least one person that said there was something that happened. No spoilers in the third episode that kind of just turned them off. But mm. um, uh, but uh, overall, it's it's interesting. I mean, I, I it kind of half works. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know if it's enough for me to. I mean, it's only ten episodes, I think, but each episode is double the length of the original. I, I'm not sure how much further I will go on it at this point, especially if there's who and other stuff to watch. You know, I just finished. You know, I finished Foundation where that ended, and um, I have many opinions about that, um, both positive and negative. Um, well, look, and I started watching The Wheel of Time. Let me ask you a Foundation and, question, real quick. Uh, should, should I read the books? Should I read the books first? Um, I mean, I would say, I would say, read the books. Yes, period. Even though. Um, Folks have been quick to point out to me that uh, they're like, do they, it doesn't really hold up right now. But I'm like, you know, I, part of the thing is I have such a rose-tinted lenses from when I was a kid. You know, for me, that that was, for a while, all I would read was Asimov and Foundation was like the, the Ur series when I, when I was a little kid. That was my definition of science fiction. And so, uh, I mean, as much as Star Wars was really in... And so it's it's tough for me to separate that. I mean, I, I listen to the BBC radio series, and it's if you accept its pulp origins and don't look too hard, uh, focus too hard. It's it's the you know there's some interesting ideas in here, um, but how much holds up to scrutiny and how much doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, the TV series in some cases thinks about that, and I actually read a review about they they think about you know this was written in this particular time period, and now with what we're going through in our time period and how much that should inform it. I mean, that, that, those are interesting discussions. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but there's other stuff where I think they completely disregard the entire premise. And that's where I have more of a problem. Um, I mean, the, the books are, you know, Osmov tended to write in terms of uh, plot rather than characters. And so the characters are very paper thin. And that's one thing that the TV series has done much better in that regard. But it is telling that what most people apparently have enjoyed about the TV series, and, and myself among them, I, I agree with this wholeheartedly, is the most interesting part of it is this entire storyline that has nothing to do with the novels at all. Hmm. Interesting. And the stuff that does have to do with the novels, like um, half of it is genius and the other half is really horrible. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And so, I, and so, some of it also comes down to they're playing a long game because the series itself should be a long game. And so, let's see where we end up. But part of it is they they took um, they took one of the central tenants and kind of half gave it lip service and half disregarded it. And and I mean, um, without spoiling too much, it's when you have something. It's tough because part of the idea of history being something that you know is understood through through science and probabilities and things like that, and so it's not this isn't the great man of history. This is this is you know engineering a, a future based on on the laws of probability and large numbers or whatever. You know how do you make a narrative into that? Mm-hmm. And and Asimov kind of managed to do that, but it was sort of dry. But you know. It, for a TV series, at one point, it just feels like you've thrown in a bunch of things which are just incredible coincidences and coincidences and things like that, and and this, and uh, so your whole idea of doing something based on um, based on scientifically trying to predict stuff is is utter bull. You've thrown it out the door in two seconds flat, and and that's not the and that basically misses the whole point, uh, especially considering that part of the points of the later books actually deal with that tension in in you know. Um, 
probability is what it is. Probability is not a certainty. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it just seems like mishmash plots for the sake for the sake of it, and that's where I that really disappointed me. Um, so even yeah. Uh, so I, I still am not sure what the answer to my question is. Um, four. No. Um, <laughs> would it be Would it be bad if I watched it before yes. I read the book? Um, I'm trying to picture how your reaction to the book would be, knowing you, mm. because if your reaction to the book was like, "Yeah, I hate this. This is dry. This is boring, or whatever," then then it then you know, uh, I can't picture you. You know, if you watch the TV series, you're not going to be like, "Oh man, this is so much better in the books because you hated the books." Um, but uh, if you're somebody that enjoyed the books, how would you feel about this TV series? Um, in that case, I, I would say maybe you're better off not reading it. Hmm. All right. Well, uh, you've given me a lot to think about. Yeah, we have, but no discern, no actual <laughs> answers. We have crossed the twenty minute mark here. I don't want to extend our ramble too long, but I do want to ask you really quick before we go into the episode and the thing this podcast is ostensibly about. Uh, what is your reaction to the first two Doctor Who episodes? Um, I, <laughs> I, it's been, it's been better than anything, um, that, uh, Chibnall has done so far. Mm -hmm. Uh, and if that's not a curate's egg, I don't know what is. Um, uh, it's an egg that belongs to a curate. Thank you, thank you very much. Um, now you know. I, I mean, from from what I gathered, that it's gotten better as it's gone on, and I have been spoiled by the end of episode four. So, like, mm -hmm. I mean, um, uh, uh, although uh, there's one theory that people have bandied, bandied about for a while that um, kind of makes me a little sad if that actually turns out to be true regarding what happens to uh, the Doctor at the end of that episode, um, but. Uh, but it's it, I have enjoyed it so far, but I still have not enjoyed it as much as um, as previous seasons prior to to Chibnall coming on. Mm. Uh, but but I would be fully prepared from what I've read to find that that was no that would no longer be the case. Have I watched all the way up to the present? So I'm I'm going in open minded and with at least a little hope, considering what I've heard from elsewhere. Wait a minute, are you saying uh, you haven't watched series eleven or twelve? No, no, no. I, I'm saying I, I'm saying that uh, um, that so far this is supposedly better than either of of Jodie Whittaker's previous seasons, mm -hmm. um, and and I've certainly enjoyed it better than both of those seasons, um, but I have not enjoyed it as much as anything with uh russell t davies or stephen moffat's tenure oh okay uh and, i feel like this season is more enjoy more consistently enjoyable than any series like almost any series of the new show and i think that's partly because all of the rest of them have been um you know much more episodic you know they've jumped around a lot more um and i feel like mm -hmm. Uh, often the third episode is kind of a a bad one <laughs> and so far like you know whatever it is that's inspired him i don't know if it's the serial nature of the story or what but they they've all been very enjoyable to watch like i've i've not felt like eh, this one was kind of just whatever i can't well let's see what the next one is um at all so uh, are they the most profound 
episodes of Doctor Who ever. Uh, certainly not, but uh, they are in terms of just being fun to watch, um, really hitting the mark pretty consistently. Uh, and that's remarkable for anybody, let alone Chibnall. So props to him for finally kind of hitting a sweet spot there. I mean, it's funny. The, fav- the best thing that... Uh... Oh, wait, did he... Did he write Children of Earth? Or was that No, that was Davis. That was Davis. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Never mind. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> um But anyway. Shall we get into Abfab? Yes, let's please. Okay, let's before do I it. before I blow another joke. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, that may have been the highlight. Uh mm. no, actually, this has been an interesting conversation, but it is time now for us to watch Abfab. We will uh, have a little short musical cue here, and then we'll be back to watch that with you. Hey, everybody. It is now time for us to watch AbFab together. Uh, As previously mentioned, we are watching the fifth episode of the second season, entitled Poor. Um, So what you want to do is get whatever means of viewing you have uh, all queued up uh, to the zero marker I will uh, say three two one play we'll all start on play and enjoy this episode are you ready Jeff yes all right here we go three two one play All I can think of is Buddy Holly showing up in uh, The Young Ones. It does sound like a glam Buddy Holly, doesn't it? Yeah. Remember when she had a good fashion sense for a second? For a second. Saying what we're all thinking. <laughs> She's being a bit more cheeky than usual. Yes. Ha, 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 ha. 
sort of her, really. <laughs> Some coffee humor for everyone. It was venti funny. <laughs> I'm going to avoid the obvious joke. <laughs> Meemaw. <laughs> Shah's bot. <laughs> kind of twin peaksy there. Wasp breaths. Oh my god, I want an Abfab pandemic special. <laughs> Hmm. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, they're definitely not getting along as well as they were in the first season. the second Thunderbirds reference. Of course, her husband directed a... I'll come back to directed it. Directed Thunderbirds? Remind me of this. We'll talk about it later. Think about that for a minute. <laughs> I 
I love that the hair just pops right back up. <laughs> that is very impressive, no matter what it is. Ladies and gentlemen, Mark Wing Davy. <laughs> Looks like he's in Better Call Saul. So we've had both Jeffrey McGivern and Mark Wing Davy. Floppy disk. He, he's he's the opposite Zaphod. <laughs> what kind of computer is that? <laughs> that actually sounds pretty good. <laughs> like Patsy's expressions have sold this entire far. <laughs>
<laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Didn't she find those when she showered? <laughs> Maybe she just didn't shower yet? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> is telling that this is the most tasteful that Eddie has looked all day. <laughs> <laughs> Gee, they've been so amusing getting in and out of cars. I wonder if this will have any effect on them. Doubtful. <laughs> And now the opening to the prisoner. <laughs> 
Why did you resign? Well, I had to, darling. <laughs> I would pay to watch that. <laughs> Jennifer Saunders is the prisoner. I just picture her trying to run away from Rover as fast as she possibly can. <laughs> it's a big balloon chasing me, sweetie. <laughs> you made her sound a little bit like River. <laughs> I'm amazed that I can make anyone sound like River. Oh god, Jennifer Saunders cosplaying as uh, River Song. <laughs> <laughs> this is me driving in Grand Theft Auto. My tuba. <laughs> oh god just got two of them <laughs> <laughs> that was very Vivian-ish. It was a bit. <laughs> Harvey Nicks. Oh my god. Oh, well, they got out just fine. Except for the shoe. <laughs> Clamping inquiries. Got the clamps. <laughs> Wow.
Go for another <laughs> drink. <laughs> there we go. She's not wrong about that. I don't know, it was pretty coherent. Bits of this feel like a stand-up routine. <laughs> <laughs> it's going a little off the rails now.
Watch the closing credits. I guess so. I sentence you to Blackpool. <laughs> Reference to the end of Revelation Carrot of the Daleks. Carrot juice? Carrot juice. <laughs> I sentence you to Bonnie Langford. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it could be worse. True. What is? What does she... Oh, right, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my alright that is the end of the episode and we'll be back right after this little musical interlude alright it is time now for us to discuss poor uh, and before I forget, I'm going to tell you what uh, I started to say and then uh, stopped because it would be a longer story. Actually, I'm not sure how long it is, but uh, let me try to remember now what it was. Oh, yeah, that's right. The Thunderbirds reference. Um, so, oh, yes. <laughs> uh, this is a tenuous connection, but I don't think it's an accident. Um, it's never stopped me before. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Jennifer Saunders' husband is Aid Edmondson, and Aid Edmondson directed a video, a music video, by a group called uh, Fuzzbox, or we've got a Fuzzbox and we're not afraid to use it, um, called International Rescue, which features the repeated line, Thunderbirds are go! <laughs> and has a little bit of a Thunderbirdsy flavor. I can't remember if they're actual puppets in the video or not. But uh, I have a feeling that that Thunderbirds thing is in the air uh, for whatever reason um, tying into that. That's my theory, uh, and what it is, too. Thank you, and Elton, <laughs> Mrs. Brackett. Uh, so, yeah. Jeff, what'd you think? Um, not my favorite episode of the season, but I definitely enjoyed it. Um, I, uh, I mean, it's a very logical uh, place to go. I mean, mm -hmm. if you think about the fact that, I mean, you know, that... that the fact that they're able to go and do whatever they've been able to do for so long feels like a bit of a fantasy. Like, how are they able to get this afloat? And so uh, they're colliding with a little bit of reality here. And that's, um, you know, and, and uh, that makes for uh, quite a bit of fun. I guess the question is, you know, where do they go from this? Do we magically forget about this? Or, um, or I would actually like to see part two of this episode to actually see their attempts at community service. <laughs> yep. Uh, because I, I think that would be hilarious on its own, although I wonder how long you could sustain something like that for. I suppose it would be more on the on the falling out of cars and pratfall-related stuff rather than um, than clever quips, I suppose. I'm not sure how long you could sustain that. But um, overall, uh, I think it's a very good premise, and it went just about as well as you would expect for them to do, you know, uh, not having any clue how to... Uh, 
go to the supermarket completely disregarding laws and certainly being, you know, the entitled. I mean, you, you can think about the number of, um, you know, rich entitled folks that end up getting off with like a slap on the wrist type of thing. And, and uh, um, you know, part of me feels like we, we should be happy to see them getting uh, their just desserts in their own <laughs> way. But of course, the thing is played for, for comedy uh, throughout. Um, uh, so yeah, I I enjoyed it. I was amused by the fact that Gran is certainly um, quite a bit more pointed uh, <laughs> than she has been in some of the other episodes, and partially because obviously she's been talking to Safi and she's already hinting about enough stuff in the very beginning of the episode, even before Eddie and Safi even start talking about the accountant coming. Um, Eddie's already, or, or Gran is already alluding to, you know, if you have any any straights, here's the, you know, here's the card, basically, and and what have you. I mean, th there's already enough of a hint that Gran knows to begin with, and that's partially why she's um, gloating in her own way, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I get the sense that she thinks this is going to be uh, a good reality check for her wayward daughter. So, um, so yeah, I enjoyed it. I. I I'm not sure in my mind where this slots in with regard to the other episodes, but I enjoyed it. Yeah. I mean, I would say, um, I would agree. It's not my favorite. Um, it's my least favorite bubble so far. Like, uh, um, Oh really? She, she just wasn't that entertaining in this one. I mean, that's a high bar to set, but like, there's nothing <laughs> that really caused me to giggle the way that, uh, usually do whenever she's on screen and, and Jane Horrocks pretty much steals the scene from wherever there's in it. Not so much in this case. With the exception, probably the funniest bit was when she flattened um, Patsy's hair and then the <laughs> hair bounced back immediately. That was my favorite bit well, of hers. I enjoy this bubble bit, but I almost always enjoy bubble bits, so that sounds really bad. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I would agree with you. It's not, it's not my favorite of the season, certainly. Um, I do think it was... Uh, saved to some degree by Adina's um, monologue, or should I say Edwina Margaret Rose <laughs> um, monsoon. Uh, her her monologue at the very end of it uh, was, was actually um, somewhat on point, surprisingly. Um, so I really enjoyed that bit of it. Uh, I kind of wonder where that came from, but I love it. The rest of it, yeah, you know, it was okay. Uh, it's nice to see Mark Wing Davy in a different role. I think that may be the only other thing I've ever seen him in, uh, that I remember anyway. Mm. And, uh, what else? And, and they're kind of like cruising around town and, and being stupid with a car and everything else. Uh, we've seen bits like that. It's like when they were wandering around Morocco, mm -hmm. um, uh, when they were wandering around France. And, and I feel like those sequences don't ever yield too much that's super funny. But there are bits that are enjoyable. Um, yeah, and actually, you know what it reminds me of a little bit was um, the stuff in Bambi when they're getting ready to go to the train. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's the stuff during the song, actually. It's just kind of like running say, around being zany. You would have been happier if it was as a, as a montage. Interesting. Oh, I don't know if I would have been happier. Uh, okay. That's effectively what it was. Mm -hmm. um, it just having a song would <laughs> probably offset it a little bit. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, was there anything else? Oh, I commented on the fact that Safi um, has definitely gone into sourpuss territory at this point. Like, if you think back now to how she was in season one when she 
was still kind of trying to get along with her mom and do nice things for her mom and, and, uh, you know, and smile. Uh, she is just fully embittered at this point, which, you know, after being sold into white slavery is probably not really a, uh, surprise. Um, but it, it is interesting to see that change in that progression. She is just fully not having any of it at this point. Mm -hmm. Um, or even really trying to be supportive. Uh, she's just uh, vindictive and bitter, which, again, I can hardly blame her. <laughs> and, of course, getting I ready do... to move out into student housing. Mm -hmm. I, I did love the little bit with um, with both Eddie and Justin make the little, uh, the little you know, um, laugh through clenched teeth at each other. Yep. Um, that, that whole exchange, I thought, was utterly, uh, was utterly <laughs> brilliant. And not quite something that we've... We've uh, seen very well that you know that usually they'll be screaming at each other or or, um, or you know sarcasm at each other, but this kind of joint acknowledgement, uh, I, I just like the way that played out. We don't usually see things like that mm -hmm. in the show. Yeah, I would agree. Um, fun. So that was poor. Uh, we have one more episode to go in this season. Uh, yeah, and then it'll be on to series three. So that's what's coming up next time. If you would like to follow us for sporadic posts uh, on Twitter, you can. It's at Starship Warlock. You can even comment there if you want to. Uh, I'm determined to have one person comment on Twitter <laughs> before we end this podcast for good. Uh, just want to see it happen. That's all. We're not, you know. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I might edit that part out. At any rate. Oh, I see. You'll edit that out, but not my horrible, horrible <laughs> attempt at telling it. I'm still, but I'm smarting over that. Your, that, that will, your attempt... I, on my deathbed, I will flash back to this. I don't know why you're so bitter. It was hilarious. Um, okay, well, anything for a joke. Good. I got a joke that way. That's all that really matters. Yeah, I mean, that, okay. that is really the important thing. Um, okay. So, anyway, uh, this has been Drew. This has been Jeff. <laughs> You've been listening to Starship. Podcast Warlock. Warlock. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye.